Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado for sponsoring the podcast, as well as Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and of course, Blake Street Tavern. I'm here at the Mile High Sports Studios once again in... Listen to me. I sound so professional. I'm sitting down with the one and only broadcast legend, amazing writer, uh, former porn star, uh, Sean Drotar. How are you? Uh, well, is some of that true? Uh, some of that is. Some of that is is true. We're uh, not going to tell you which ones. Right. Right. Long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. So uh, nice to be on. It's funny. It's funny because uh, <laughs> you and I used to work together at the fan, right. and now we're both over here at Mile High Sports doing a lot of cool stuff. And it, it's funny we're talking about the different atmospheres, and we're not going to go taking jabs at anybody, but it is a lot more relaxed and cool around here because we're open to sponsor having sponsors from everywhere, including marijuana betting and and alcohol and it's just the old place wasn't that way plus it's colorado we approve everything here right i mean uh, didn't medical shrooms just got approved i mean uh, we're you know colorado legalizes everything so they they legalize that for medicinal use but not as i understand it but not recreation not as i understand it so that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting if you ever. I got to go- be honest. These last two weeks of the political cycle, my it just started to sound like the Trump, the trombone in the Charlie Brown cartoons. <laughs> like all of it sounded the same. So I, I don't actually know entirely what no, all the, happened anymore. That's fine. We could just make it up. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> Nobody fact checks anything anymore. Right? No, we, so, we're yeah, all go nuts. We're a headline reading society. How many times, and I've I said this plenty of times on the podcast, how many times do you see, well, you probably don't because you're kind of a nerd and you like to read words. But anyway, a lot of times, like me, I'll read the headline and I, I just make up the rest. No, don't do that. I do. I don't. Well, <laughs> that's, my wife's like, did you oh. see that story about so-and-so? You're like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's crazy. If there was only a way to find out, Jay Leno got sprayed with gasoline. Is he okay? No idea. Didn't bother reading. <laughs> Didn't bother to read it. <laughs> that's that's a lot of people in society, and that's oh, sad. I think it's most now. It's most. Their brains weren't, and it's funny because we, we work in the business we work in, right? But our brains weren't designed to have a 24-7 spigot of news and stuff just drilled into your head. We can't absorb all that kind of stuff. Humans have fight-or-flight responses, and so everything we're trying to do is trying to categorize it in these little buckets. Is this a dangerous thing? Okay, right. no. What's the Is this dangerous? Well, maybe not. Well, maybe I should keep an eye on this. So we're not, we're not wired to do that, so everyone's overly high-strung and freaking out, and now we're too busy to read the things that you should read to find out if it's actually dangerous right. or it, important. It's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about that in a, in a sense uh, last night because my kids are super smart. And I think the majority of kids out there are pretty smart. Eh, Some of them, not so much. But what I'm saying is you have so many distractions nowadays for kids and as a society. And I was sitting there going, my son can just rattle off all this miscellaneous stuff that he's seen on TV or maybe a YouTube channel. And And I remember saying to him, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you really need to stop watching those mindless shows and stuff. 
like, and when I'm telling you, watch Neil deGrasse Tyson or something, like some or Bill Nye the Science Guy, stuff that's a little bit entertaining. You're, I was like, and then you're going to absorb that, and and then you can, you're going to, it's going to help you in school and all the, and learning ends up being fun. I was like, then I started thinking, I was like, wow, if we subtracted all those distractions from kids nowadays, social media, uh, you know, TV in general, and you go back to back in the day when there was nothing, not even radio, nothing, and you realize the people that had access to education, they really absorbed it. Because that was really, they had no distractions. Could you imagine us as a society if we were able to do that and, in a sense, hit the reset button where we'd be headed? Because we have a lot more information now, a lot more educational uh, possibilities. If we were able to remove social media and all that stuff, all those needless uh, distractions, where would we advance to? Like, I, I would see a big giant leap of progress for us, but obviously, that's not going to happen. It's, it's wild to think about. It's hard to, th- to think it will because now we've sort of created a culture of distraction, for right. lack of a better term. And, and there are a lot of reasons for that, that that make a lot of sense. A lot of it is simply that it is, you know, to certain folks' advantage to just keep people more distracted. The old, uh, you know, not even getting anything political. The old joke with the American dream, right? Work hard enough and you'll be rich. Well, this is before everything was giant franchises and, uh-huh. and multiple conglomerates that are international. Do you think those folks are super invested in you getting rich and eventually competing with them? No. <laughs> just following money, that's all. <laughs> so, speaking of that so you know we're addicted we as americans especially are addicted to the idea that you have to work extremely hard as in overwork yourself overwork yeah it, like elon musk no work-life balance yeah and, and elon musk putting out that ultimatum you're like you got to work plan on working whatever he said like 80 hours a week if you're not on board go ahead and find the door that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, it, and and it's a it's a horrible mentality for a work environment. I understand it's good to have good work ethic. When you're on the clock, you bust your face. Your 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 face. You bust your butt. <laughs> bust your face. But you you bust your butt and do as good as you can. But once you clock out, you got to have separation. Right. And then if if you're trying to say you got to work double. And then, like you said, you're not going to have a work-home-life balance. It's going to be way out of whack. And that's just setting I, That's just setting up, like, Twitter in this situation. That's setting them up to fail. Yeah, people will leave. They're just going to leave. There's going to be some people out there that are like, I can do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of the few that stay. And then next thing you know, I'm going to be rich and, and promoted Nicely. Doesn't work that way, does it? No, it doesn't. Does it? And, and, and How do Elon make all his money again? <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> from kicking employees in the nuts. I think it was, I think it was from being born to a right. exactly. legacy well, that, di- yes. diamond-rich family. Yeah. Em- was it diamonds or like emeralds or something? Whatever it was. Some sort of almost comical James Bond villain level. We have <laughs> a repository of shiny stones, and the rest of the world will pay us for it. Let me introduce the new villain. <laughs> Elon. <laughs> Right. It, it's so backwards. And it, when you have happy employees, they they perform better. It, it, when you've it, invested employees, they're happy employees. Exactly. When, when they succeed, when the company succeeds, then they're invested, then they're happy. Basically, you, you're asking people, nobody gets the gold watch anymore. 
right? I mean, no. nobody. We're, everyone understands that you're going to jump from spot to spot to spot to spot. And because of that, how much loyalty do you have? And, and it's a two-way street. You know, we talk about this. You, you and I obviously have worked in sports for a long time. I've always wondered this with the NFL. I get why the NFL does it. But, boy, you know, player X, we want you to run out there. I know you have a sprained ankle, but we really right. need you in this game. Oh, oh, you, you sprained it worse? Yeah, we're going to waive you with an injury settlement because your contract's not guaranteed. But thanks for being such a team player. Well, geez, right. when, when, you, when you run into a bad team, like you know, here we are in Denver with the Denver Broncos is a, a very bad and disappointing team with a lot of injuries. This is how you get guys going in multiple directions by the end of the year. They're just trying to get through the day, get their check, make sure they're set up for wherever their next gig is. And for a lot of American workers, it's much the same. You're just trying to not get fired mm-hmm. as opposed to get promoted or whatever because a lot of the time your hard work going above and beyond doesn't actually get you anything. And people know that deep down inside, so they're always just looking for the next gig. That's why we have stepping stone jobs, which, yep. by the way, two generations ago, that wasn't a term. Yeah. <laughs> You'd go work at the phone company or whatever and be there for 50 years, and then you'd retire. And how sickening is it as an employee when you bust your butt, you do go above and beyond, and you're sitting there going, "This, I'm, dude, I am totally going to get rewarded for this. And I should, because if I was in charge, I would, I would reward somebody like me. And then it blows over you, and then... Nothing happens. Right. That is a sickening feeling as an employee that just put their heart and soul out there for the company, and you just essentially got walked all over, and they're just on to the next thing. And it happens. It's not like— But like, if you did something where the stock went up, the uh, the board took a nice little cut. Oh, I'm sure. They got themselves a nice new yacht. Sure. It's a yacht. <laughs> yacht. Uh, but, but that's that's the whole quiet quitting premise, isn't it? Right? The understand you're not really quitting your job; it's just understanding you won't be rewarded for doing anything extra. But, so don't do anything extra; just grind out your hours and call it good. Yeah, and then there's then there's well, see, then the the downside of that is when you do run into a company that would potentially promote you, but you're like, no, I'm I'm doing the bare minimum. Then like then you're really stifling your career path right because you could run into a a position where the manager's like really hey maybe you don't get a lot of rewards but you could be on the radar for promotion and the fact that you're like no i'm not going to do extra you pay me for this i'm not going to help out because carol's running late i'm not going to cover her shift or do part of her shift I'm not going to do anything above and beyond. And then what you do is you put yourself in a category and be like, Sean doesn't, he's not a team player. Right. And and that might matter and that might not. Completely depends on the company you're working for. Right. Someone and, may not notice in the slightest. Exactly. So it is a very fine line to walk and work in that mentality of, I would say this, you do it a little bit. You, you go above and beyond a little bit. But what you have to do as an employee is not put yourself out there as this stepping stone to, hey, listen, Sean's gonna Sean's gonna help us out. He doesn't, you know, we can screw him over essentially, and he's fine with it. 
You don't want to be this punching bag. Spoken like a man who maybe has had that happen to him before. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that's <laughs> but that's the thing. So you got to be careful. And I and I I've talked about this on the podcast. I've done that plenty. I opened myself up to that because I was so eager, especially in radio. When when you first start out, you're trying to make sure, hey guys, notice me, notice me, please. Uh, I'm a hard worker, and then I'll do that. I'll don't worry about it. I I got this. And then what ends up happening is they just use and abuse. It you. can become a given. They just assume, oh, that's yeah. always handled. So, you handle, and then when you for the first time say no, right? Well, wait, you were always doing that. How You're come like, you what are you doing? Yeah, right. So yeah, they didn't, they didn't take it as a bonus thing they got from you. It now became the new normal. Yeah, it's like oh, whatever. It's fine. The stuff he does all that stuff. Yeah, it's it really is a vicious cycle that a lot of people are 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 stuck in right now because of that. Because you know you don't know. It just depends on. On the company you work for, it depends on the boss you work for. You know, everyone's just trying to kind of get by. And that means that at times, uh, companies are okay pitting you against one another. Yeah. Because then, in theory, you'll get people to work harder or work longer hours. At the same time, after a while, if they realize that's not going to get them anywhere, then that's when people leave. And so now it becomes hard to build continuity at these companies. And there's a brain drain in a lot of these places. And you start seeing everything kind of the same. Plus, you know, with a big... How do how do we how do we get to be? I just want to be a CEO. Uh -huh. Doesn't have to be a huge company, but one that I don't have to be super good at. Uh -huh. So then they can pay me like I don't know twelve million dollars to go away. But then in a week, I've somehow landed a job at like another <laughs> company because I guess uh, that was my frat bro that that I went to. You know, right. so I, I need to find out how to get that job. That's what I got to do. I just need to be a like a Lane Kiffin level of CEO. Just good enough to like get hired until people realize you suck, right. and then get paid on the way out. And then have somebody else pay you again, right? Because they're gonna, that's the American dream, Duff. They're, they're gonna they're gonna pay you because somebody else paid you despite your tenure. Like they're like right. yeah, he lasted a, a week or two, right? He's but, a name. We've heard of him. Yeah, he was in the news, and uh, he was on. Uh, you know, we know him. Yeah. We've heard his name before. This guy run. The, this guy ran this uh, this shipping company. <laughs> The shipping company went under under his well, but, but we had heard him. Uh, we read about him in Forbes, so let's definitely bring that guy on. Guys, he's got a name, right? Okay, that's, that's, that's going to help us for four seconds. Apparently, <laughs> that's dude. Every company does that. Uh, yeah, and it. We come from the sports world, the media world, and it's really bad. But it happens in every other yeah, industry does. too. We just don't. We're not as in tune to that. Let's be. Let's be honest. Every business in America is sales. Yes. Yeah. All of it. Every business everywhere. It's sales. That's what we do. We're trying to sell you stuff that hopefully you would buy and buy again, no matter what kind of business you're into. Absolutely. But I guess the notable exceptions of charitable companies, but then they have to go fight for that anyway, too. You still have to get the attention to, to be able to work out. And so, yeah, it's working in, in media is, is always so fascinating. And I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to be the keynote speaker on journalism over at the, the Continental League, the dozen high schools in the Continental League and two other high schools in town, you know, about a thousand kids that did newspaper, yearbook, and now, of course, podcasts, yeah. YouTube channels, oh. Twitch channels. Yeah. You know, this is all happening in high school now. And, you know, I did a, did a keynote, which is funny because I found it really daunting at first. I'm like, man, that's an, you know, that's an hour-long speech. Like, man, that's going to be – wait – Oh, I do this every day. Hang on. Right. You <laughs> have that cold feet moment. I'm like, well, but I have to write this one out. But it was, um, it was really interesting to, to hear some of the kids and then all the follow-up questions were fascinating because I think a lot of the kids, unfortunately, 
and hopefully maybe this helped a little bit and opened their eyes, don't understand the difference between covering something. And this is sort of our, our, our problem as a culture in what we'd call like news literacy, right? Mm-hmm. On the whole is they don't, a lot of the, the kids don't understand, and maybe it's a world of, you know, an, in, an Instagram, an influencer is a job now, of media versus PR. And it, it blurs a lot, and it increasingly blurs in our business because when you have a thing where you'll say, okay, whatever, uh, Bill Belichick said this and this and this. Okay, did, did anyone ask a follow-up or did they check if that was actually what happened? Then, then guess what? You just did Bill Belichick's. PR. Mm-hmm. If you just say, well, he said this. Okay, well, anybody can do that. And I even recommend it to the kids. If that's what you want to do, believe me, yeah. go into PR. Pays better. More <laughs> consistent job. <laughs> lots easier. Yeah. Like, just go into PR. But that that's the trick, right? We have this, it, really for everything, I, I told them the old, the old, you know, journalism joke when one person is in a room and telling you it's, it's sunny outside and the other person is telling you it's raining. You don't write a story saying person X said it was sunny, but person X said it's raining. Your job is to go to the window, mm-hmm. look at it, and then come back and say what it actually was. Don't report about what people said what. Say what it, That's your job. Go say what it actually was and point out the person who lied to you. But too often in all facets of our society, and being in media, I think we're especially tuned into that, there are so few follow-ups. And as sports teams, I think, took the advantage of the pandemic to make things a little more insular, right? More Zoom post-game interviews and things like that. More control over the process. Right. You could dodge any question you want. You know, you're not, they're not there. They don't have to, to deal with it. And I think teams have maybe wanted that for a while, but then realized how close it was to being obtainable. Because we're not very far away from the idea, because there, there are stations in town, that if, if you want to, for example, I, can we get Russell Wilson? Absolutely not. There's only one radio station in town that can get Russell right. Wilson. The one that paid for it. Exactly. Okay, fine. I, I understand that. But this is where it's all going to go. We're not that far away from teams controlling the, the message and the medium. Where If you want to hear from an NFL team, you're going to have to go to nflteam.com. And that's the only place you hear the interviews, and they're going to be conducted by internal personnel mm-hmm. and getting everything out that they want. So I think our job changes. Now, I've, I've felt this way for a long time, but it, more and more after the, after the pandemic, I think we see it. I think our job changes. I look at myself in my role when I'm hosting a show. You, you need to be entertaining. You mm-hmm. need to be enlightening, hopefully. You maybe can take something that's complicated and, and make it simple. But I think you have to now also act as a consumer advocate because the two most limited things you have in the world are time and money. Sports takes up a lot of both if you're going to be a sports fan. A lot right. of both. Right. And as a result, I think the job of what we do is going to morph into being less of, oh, well, I was over at the facility and they said this because anybody who has, say, Twitter can watch that and everybody retweets exactly what that person said. You know, my, my timeline fills up with 30 of the exact same quotes yeah. within five seconds. So getting that news is not, not, a, not an issue. But advocating for fans and saying, you know, well, look at this. We'll look at these games. When the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, I tried to point out that, okay, nine of the other 10 starters, though, are going to be the exact same guys. 
of this team that wasn't very good last year on offense. Right. Yeah. And everyone was over the moon. It's Russell Wilson. We're going back to the Super Bowl. Like, mm, you're not. And I and I felt like that was me. Yeah, I, me too. I, I I fell for the I trap. Said, everything. If everything went right, they would compete. They'd be in the mix for a wild card in December. But I didn't think they'd make it because the AFC is pretty loaded. But that's what teams want you to believe. Every team. The Detroit Lions were on hard knocks. They wanted you to believe this is the year they turn it around, right? Finally. And that's okay. But I think our role now starts becoming a go-between. Do you really want to spend them? You have the money to go to a game. Okay. Maybe you're not a huge football fan. Maybe you just want to take the family to a fun game where the team will win. I'm going to tell you right now, Spend the money on an avalanche game then. I was just going to say that. Spend the money on an avalanche game. Go to the Avs. Go to the Nuggets. Go to the Nuggets. They're, like, they're likely to win. But, but use your money and your time wisely. And I think our role in traditional sports media, or non-traditional as it continues to evolve, right. is going to be more about consumer advocacy so people can listen and understand, hey, I'm trying to make sure that your valuable money is being spent where you want it to be spent to get the experience you want. Now, wins are never guaranteed in sports. If they were, it wouldn't be fun. But at the same time, if you want to take the kids to something and say, it's you know, this is a high level, you're going to get to say that, you know, you watch this. Yeah. Right now, there's other things in town to discuss. And that consumer advocacy part, I think, is a lot of where we want to go. Yeah. It, it is interesting. It's funny you, you talk about that. I... I have more interest. Listen, I love watching Bronco games. I love the Denver Broncos. They're just hard to watch right now. But that being said, I get more thrills of going to an avalanche game than Nuggets. And then I just don't like the atmosphere really, especially as a parent at a football game. It doesn't not necessarily the Broncos. It's just football in general because the atmosphere is just it gets a little bit more chaotic and not kid friendly. So I'd rather take my kid to an avalanche game just because it's really exciting. And if you've never been to an avalanche game, going to the game will make you a fan. Yeah. If you're on the edge or you don't even, maybe you don't understand. I still don't understand hockey. I listen to you. You know a whole ton about hockey, and that's cool. I respect it. But the problem, I, one, I have Comcast, so I can't watch gotcha. it. And it's, that really pisses me off. And I don't want to jump through hoops. I talked to right. Vic Lombardi about that on this Both, podcast. He, it's something he could do about it. He would have done it by now. Oh, God. <laughs> he... he I yeah he, he speaking kind of, of consumer advocacy he 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 kind of argued with me a little bit on it and we agreed to disagree at the end and it was a uh, somewhat polite conversation about it but ultimately I would rather let my kids watch hockey and basketball as far as going to the game because it's really kind of fun and it's it's nonstop action I I. I love watching football with my son, trying to teach him, although he doesn't have the attention span to really <laughs> sit there and understand right. what's going on. But he'll get there at some point. But it's it's really interesting right now in Denver sports because uh, it kind of goes back with our, our short attention spans. We want to be rewarded immediately. And you're not being rewarded with the Denver Broncos with a good product. And, and ultimately... The NFL will be fine. The Denver Broncos will be fine. There's too much money behind it for it to oh, stay bad forever. Absolutely. The, the Denver Broncos will eventually get things figured out, whether it's next year or the year after. I don't know. But, you know, they get things tightened up, and it'll be a good product for uh, 
you know, everybody to watch, but right now it's, it's, it's just kind of hard. So obviously we're talking about the, you know, the local media scene and stuff like that. If you ever listen to my podcast, Sean, I talk about a lot of weird stuff. I do. And coming up. I mean, I knew you before the podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. You did. It, oh, real quick. I always thought it was funny because you've worked with Sandy Clough too. Yeah. And um, I the when I was Sandy's producer, when he did like nine to noon on the fan, Sandy is just such a cerebral individual. He's very similar to you. Uh, he's smarter. But <laughs> that's not really a dig, to be honest. Sure, yeah. He is br- a brilliant person. But not as sexy a voice, though. No, he does. Pretty was, iconic, but not as sexy. Yeah. I always... Are you going to start... Are you going to interrupt me like Sandy? Just joking. Uh, I always thought it was funny. Just one thing. Just hey, one thing. stop it! I always thought that was funny working with Sandy. He would ask me a question on the air, and I would start to answer it, and then he would essentially re-ask me the question or start to answer the question for me. That's because he's the greatest solo host in Colorado oh, sports history. Absolutely. I love Sandy. I do. I respect he him so much. He doesn't need you. He didn't no. need me. No. <laughs> and, and it's, he's got it. He, he's, he's cool. He's, he's all good by himself. But it, well, I always thought it was funny because I always, he would ask me questions, and there'd be times he'd be like, what do you think about the Broncos being in the 4-3 versus 3-4? I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Sandy. I would always well, one just, is an extra linebacker, so well, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. But what I would do, what I decided early with Sandy was like, there is no reason for me to try to go head to head with him because I'm going to lose that ten out of ten times. There's no chance. Yeah, for you're me. the Washington Generals in that right. situation. It's so not good. I just was myself with Sandy. And he would ask me something and be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Sandy. And then he just he would just burst into laughter. Be like, honestly, Sandy, I blacked out for the last this last segment. I haven't listened to a word you just said. <laughs> and then like he just laughs because that's that's what I would I didn't want to lie. And I know that there's some people that try to hold their own against them and they just end up sounding stupid. <laughs> So I, I had just, to bring the A game every night. I can tell you that much because uh, I, I was the first person, as Sandy pointed out, to to drive to drive a show, which is you know the person bringing you the ins and outs and uh, making. And sure he was your co-host. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, I'm the, and that was Sandy's call. We we kind of tried it both both ways, and uh-huh. Sandy liked that other way. But then reminded me, it's like that's the first time anyone's driven my show since Mike Evans did twenty five years ago. I'm like, wow. I kind of wish you hadn't told me that, but. <laughs> Sandy's okay, an, but, but but then again, he didn't want to know that you know I I had gotten into sports radio in part because I grew up listening to Sandy Clough, so he, right we, we sort of had that. Sandy's funny because like I I have a demo tape somewhere and Sandy's on most of it, which is funny because it, it's a comedy demo of me being on the air and highly he was, underrated dry sense of humor. Thank you. Yeah, and 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 he got nominated. He won second place for best whatever midday show or whatever when I was producing him and it's just him and I screwing around and it's so funny and he does I had him doing um Ed McMahon voice and just and where he's like hi and it was just funny because you don't expect that with Sandy because he is just a cerebral individual I jokingly tell him I was like do you realize Sandy what you've done to society by opting to go into sports versus medicine I was like, you could have cured cancer by now because you're so smart. That's a good point. Right? He could have 
We could be uh, colonized on Mars by now if he would have gone into that area, whatever that's called. But good, he's a brilliant mind, and I love him. And uh, he's just a good dude. But coming up next, we're going to get into some oddball stories, and we'll see. I want to see what your opinions are, Sean, because uh, I'm stupid, and you're not. So I really want to see what you're going to say. But first, root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. So no matter how the safety is scored, basically what you need to do as a football fan is root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. I killed that commercial. That was freaking awesome. I like rooting for chaos, though. I do like that. I do, too. I don't... I'm not a huge... I. What's funny about, like, watching sports is I've become more and more a fan of defense... It doesn't have to be the big scores and stuff like that. I'm starting to appreciate more of a good defense or whether it's baseball, I was football. About to say, that's the secret to loving baseball. It's defense. What are all the highlights? Are they really a home run? No, it's some guy making a diving stop, at, you know, Nolan Arenado backhanding right. something, oh going God. across his body. That's way more exciting than watching a home run. Way Absolutely. More. Home runs, yeah, it's fine. Good for him. He hit it hard. Ooh, okay, look at him. But you, know, you, watch, you watch four of those a game. They're kind of like, yep, okay, that guy hit it out too. But no. you see an awesome defensive play? Yeah, it's the best. Oh, my God. Where, like, Arenado was just the best, and it's still disgusting that the, the Rockies got rid of him. Okay, I'm going to go oddball. We're going to jerk the wheel. Okay. And we're going to go really crazy because I've talked about this several times. And the... We're kind of at a point, a weird point in society where we're a lot more willing to admit things that we kind of doubted before, and we're the conversation's a lot more open, especially when it comes to stuff like aliens, UFOs. One, where do you stand on UFOs and aliens type of thing? Do you believe in it, or do you think people are just nuts? Well, I mean, I think if you look at the math... It's almost impossible that humans would be the only life in the universe. That That is mathematically right. essentially impossible. So, yes, I, I believe there is life outside of Earth. Intelligent However, life? Given, eh, probably. I mean, there's. you, you talked about one of, the, uh, one of the, the thought processes in that. There's a, a theory in that called the Great Filter. I don't know if you'd heard of that. It's called the Great Filter, the idea that eventually, if there were intelligent life, it reaches a point where it either succeeds and becomes borderline utopian or it destroys itself. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you'd never know where we are on that scope. We, I don't think we know just yet, but the, the, the yeah, the, there has to be something outside of earth. And you know, it might be closer than we think. There's so many moons on Jupiter and Saturn that, that, uh, you know, Enceladus has water. Uh, there's uh, all sorts of different places where there is even water found and generally on earth where there's water there's life so that's why i think there's so many interesting things of trying to find life outside of earth and we might find it in our solar system it might be just bacterial life something small right and that's not what people are all after they want little green men Mm -hmm. but finding life anywhere outside of this planet 
would be the most monumental discovery in the history of humanity by a mile because it completely changes the way we look at the entire universe. Right, and there's a, there's some people out there that, that think Mars was once a planet Earth type thing. And they know it was much wetter. I mean, we know that, yeah. But there's people that think that the, the atmosphere all of a sudden, for whatever reason, just disintegrated and then everything just went to crap. But there's, again, th- this is one of those weird conspiracy theories and, and there's really no hard evidence on it. It's just a theory. And they're thinking, oh, what happened? They were such an established society that they just, they ended up traveling to, ah, Earth that was similar to them. And then they just transported and were were the descendants of those individuals. So we're, we're all Martians, but right? They, they, they cleaned up all the ruins. There was nothing whatsoever. <laughs> I know, That's I know, I know. It's so- although, although, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. There is, there is another scientific theory behind it, that that some of uh, the, the amino acids that started life on Earth didn't come from on Earth, could have come from meteorite, from Mars, or right. comets, which have, uh, a, you know, liquid and things like that. So it's entirely possible that that, you know, some of the reason that we're alive came from off of this planet, which is interesting. And the the theory has a hilarious name. I, I mean, just thinking, I'm like, man, what a theory to drop on the Duff shit. Love it. It's called panspermia. Mm. It's then seeded. <laughs> so I just left that for you. Thank you, panspermia. Spermia. Yeah. Sperm. That's interesting. Yeah, so it seeds other planets with uh, the building blocks of life, uh, it, as they say. I always think it's interesting, though, just to sit there and think about it. And there's also the dark force theory, I believe, is what it's called. It's where that there are aliens out there, and they've been watching us. They're just waiting for the right opportunity to interact with us. What would they want? Well, and that's the thing is they're exactly they're what would you if you want could travel with? across space to earth we're we're idiots right i mean we're basically like ants when when you think about the if if the technology they, would require for them to come right. over here like we're, we're absolute more what do they want they're just looking at, at basically a little ant farm yeah. we're, we're the dumb ants if they were, if they decided they want uh, you know that they they want the rare earth metals to make their version of iPhones they could just presumably take it right if they flew across the galaxy to visit Earth, they can just take what they want. I always bring... We're, we're nothing. Yeah, we're an ant farm. It's irrelevant. What did I call this? I called it the uh, clusterfuck of madness theory coined, yeah. coined by me. Uh, is that if we ever had an actual full-on, no conspiracy, it's right in front of us, and we actually had a uh, an interaction with extraterrestrial life and they came down to us and started talking to us because they have or, or attempted to communicate with us there, there's a lot of factors so like close encounters type yeah first of all real quick if you think about it what are the chances that we're able to fully communicate with said extraterrestrial do you think they speak spanish do you think they speak english how are we going to speak commun- what, if they, right. what if they just got big brains and it's all telepathic or they just make right stuff like that. Listen, I've done the research. <laughs> I haven't. But what I'm saying is... <laughs> YouTube is not research. Right. I know. No kidding. But what I'm saying is the, the, the simple task of communication would be difficult. What happens when you can't communicate with somebody? Uh, tempers start to Yeah, flare. somebody generally gets upset. So assuming that they have emotional capacity like we do, the... They're going to get frustrated. We're going to get frustrated. And and let's be honest with human beings. This is where the clusterfuck of madness theory comes really into play is we're going to screw it up. 
Somebody's going to screw it up. Most likely it's going to be the earthlings that screw it up. Cut one, it's not necessarily everybody that is going to screw it up, but you're going to have the hillbillies or somebody's going to screw it up because I don't want no UFO coming on my land. I'll shoot it down. I'll kill a fucking alien. I'll do it. Uh, I haven't cursed in this episode, have I? Not much. Ah, it's okay. It's your show. It is my show. I, lo- I love though that you're like I haven't really done it much. It's so it's like breathing now. You don't even know you're doing it. I get nervous when I pop on the radio for anybody. Yeah. I'm like, ah. But anyway, so I always think it's funny because we'll screw it up in some way. That's just a given. It, it, it's just a matter of how somebody's going to start taking shots at the craft or the the indivi- or the the extraterrestrials, something like that. We will screw it up. It's just a matter of when and how. And I, I just think that you look at what we do. We're just we're just self-centered pricks for the most part as a as a whole. Could you see where, where I'm going oh, with that? Absolutely. The, the, the only hope is the aliens would look at sort of the ant farm idea and they're like, no, well, they're, they're just ants. They're going to crawl all over each other. That's what they do. Don't worry right, about it. Right. What's also interesting, too. And I step in, a, step in a bill of red ants and they try to, you know, <laughs> they try to bite your boot. I'm not mad at them. I mean, no, it's, it's what they do. It's kind of what I figured they do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little shit. <laughs> the aliens have got to be like, yeah, they were going to do that. Uh, it's funny. Uh, that reminds me of when I was a kid, my brother. He was st- he was mad or something like that, and he kind of stormed off. And we we're in the eastern plains of Colorado somewhere, and he st- he didn't realize it. And he's standing on a red ant hill, like a big one. Oh, and he's I want to say he was like four something like that. Yeah. And before he knew it, he was covered in red ants, and he just had bite marks ev- or whatever. It what is. do you do? There's yeah, no, at, like, nearby lake to jump into. What do you do? My parents just, like, you know. You're just, like, patting out a fire? You're just, yeah. I, I'm sure wow. a, a passerby would be like, they're beating the crap out of their kid. But it, they were just trying to get them all wow. off. Wow. It's like and a horror movie. It is. Like, it was, oh, I hate that stuff. That, like, freaks me out. It's just, uh he, he also had, there was a time my sister, just real random. So, do you have siblings? Uh, I have one brother, yeah. Younger, younger brother. Younger. Were you a, a jerk to him? I don't think so. You probably you, were. You'd probably have to ask him. <laughs> I, I he's don't, like, I've got scars. I don't think so. He, he, he's uh, he's younger, but he got much bigger than me rather early. So, oh, really? So that yeah. changed the dynamic rather quickly. I remember my sister. This is random, random. She, we were in the car. It's at night, and one of our toys had one of those like squishy styrofoam balls. I don't know if you remember. They're like really tiny. And she's like, hey, Chris, oh, see if you can hear the sound. And somehow it got into his ear <laughs> and went down the canal. And then we had to take him to the emergency room to get it out. Because <laughs> they're like, it can't come out. And, it, and like, he hates her still oh, to this day for that. Like, he blames her for it. And then she takes no accountability for it. It's just Classic he's, sibling. He's going he's gonna to get to be like 65 and get a little bit of hearing loss, and he's going to blame it on that fuck his sister. Bitch. <laughs> Put fuck that in my bitch. ear. Ruined it. She ruined my life. <laughs> uh, uh, what would you do with that sibling stuff? Did you ever work in restaurants? Uh, my Yeah, actually I did. My first two jobs, the uh, very first job, uh, I washed dishes like you do. Um, I my, my parents wanted me to get to work really early, so I had my first job right when you could at like, uh, it was like, 14 and a half or something. Yep. So my, my dad actually had to drive me to work 
and back to go wash dishes. But I, I grew up in Franktown, and that was like the only restaurant, so I was pretty psyched to get the job, quite frankly. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not great at dishwashing. No. Now, I did like the, the, the power spray thing. Yes. Those are nice. It's, you know, it's got that the big nozzle. hose. Oh, yeah. Like, I like that. So, you know, it was, it was like a place that had a lot of Italians, so there'd be like a little bit of spaghetti. That thing's gone. I know. I take it back. I was really good at washing dishes one at a time. It was the, the right. turnaround time that wasn't good because I am just going to spray this thing until every speck is off of it, just mainly because I just want to play with the sprayer. Right. Like, and <laughs> it's so powers, power fun. things back. It's like a mini fire hose. So I did that. And then um, here, here's the good one. So if you've been in Colorado long enough, what is now in Centennial, the view house, Used to be uh, that used to be a place called the Trail Dust. Maybe people yes. remember that. Next to that, which uh, the, it's now not really anything there. Next to that used to be the Country Dinner Playhouse. I remember that Country Dinner Playhouse. They did little like musicals in the round. You ate like a buffet type of thing. It wasn't really a buffet. They did bring it to you, but you ate a cafeteria type meal, and then you ended up at the time doing uh, you know them watching the the, the play. I was a busboy there. That was my second job. Now, I went and had that job with my two best friends at the time. Uh-huh. So that was a horrible job that ended up being an absolute riot. But it was, it was uh, I, I don't mind ripping them because that company's long out of business, so go nuts. Yeah. But, the, <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was crazy. You know, the, the food wasn't that good. Part of the reason that it wasn't there. Uh, it's not around anymore. But you had this madness where you'd get there about two hours before and you have to set the places for like every one of these little theater things for the dinner theater, right? But then... They have this little uh, choir that, that does like the warm up act, and in and in between the choir and then the actual stage play starting, you have to empty this entire room like immediately. So you're basically taking everything but like giant buckets and just putting your arm scraping. You know, everything goes right off the, the table into right. these buckets, and of course, then you step into the kitchen, which you know maybe they mopped it. Oh. Maybe they didn't tell you. <laughs> Maybe you're flying like Charlie Brown kicking a football and the entire pl- plate of uh, glasses lands on your, oh. your chest and then you have to pay for all the plates you broke. And Oh, it was a nightmare. It was terrible. It was oh, a terrible awful. experience. The only thing that was fun was that um, you know, I was doing it with my friends and when you had the metabolism of being like 16, um, they the, the best thing they had there was the brownies because they ordered those out. Those were delivered from a bakery every day. Oh. But they had them every day. So whatever brownies did not get eaten by nice. the customers. Yeah, it's about six brownies a night. Dude. Yeah, it was pretty great. Well, and like you said, like the, your metal. 16, but that was irrelevant. I could have just, I could have cookie monstered that plate. It would have made no difference. I always remember just because. Now, I, I mean, I'd feel sick after half of one, but. Right. Yes. <laughs> I know. You're like, ah, oh, I'm bloated. Yeah. Back then, I'm <laughs> shoveling them in. I think about like. More sugar. When I worked at, because I worked at Quiznos and. I worked at Chipotle, and I would always get a free meal. And at Quiznos, I would get a free sandwich, and I was I would always eat a large. And it's I I can't imagine really eating a large sandwich now. It's just too much food. We're, we're, we're too old. You order it, and you're like that'll that'll you sound like your dad. That'll that'll make a, for good lunch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead, I saving, now saving some money. Now I would say that back then I I'd just be like, oh, oh yeah, that thing's not going to house that right. <laughs> there was a guy once when I worked at Quiznos. He came in and he would always order. I swear to God, five days a week. He would order a large steak sandwich, whatever the steak sandwich was called, a large one with double meat, and he would eat 
two of them every single day in one sitting. Well, he's dead now. Probably, but he was we, he must have had like a, a a parasite or something because he was skinny as shit. You're like, how does that work? Oh yeah, you get the tapeworm, right? Yeah, like good for him. I still don't understand how that works. <laughs> still went into your, I don't know, whatever. I don't know either, but it was it was amazing. But yeah, it, it's it, the kind of the reason I brought this up and uh, real quick is there was a guy that I did it in the last episode. I, I brought it up. There was a guy in the in a uh, McDonald's, he was tired of waiting in line for, they never specified how long he was in line for. He goes behind the counter and opens up the, the drawer and starts grabbing chicken nuggets. He's, he's like, there, I got about 20 chicken nuggets. And then he starts to walk out. The manager starts calling the police. The guy figures out that he was calling the police on him. And then he starts throwing those nuggets that he just stole at the manager. And it's just ridiculous. Let me guess. Me. Florida? Happened in Florida. I, I, I can't remember where I'm going to assume it's Florida. Probably. Yeah. Safe bet. Anything weird that happens, it's usually Florida. It's usually Florida. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like the entitlement. You're of, not sponsored by like the Florida Chamber of Commerce or anything. Right? I am. <laughs> it makes sense, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just drives me crazy. I always like just... People in general, they just think that they can get away with murder, essentially, and do all these things. And sure enough, this guy is basically TikTok famous now. And that's, again, kind of circling back to what we were talking about with social media is a lot of people, they don't really care what the consequences are as far as a a negative aspect goes because they know that they're going to get 10 minutes of fame on Twitter on TikTok, right. on Instagram, if they do something stupid. Andy Warhol was right. Everyone gets their 15 minutes. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know what it's going to be. Maybe gonna it's going to be you stole from a McDonald's and started chucking <laughs> chicken nuggets. Like, he's, it's funny, Sean. He, like, literally, like, is cuddling them up against his chest. He's like, I got my 20 nuggets. <laughs> how are you even going to eat those anyway? Just like, just, I don't know. I, well, I, that I, sort of stuff, you know how we could fix that is that sort of stuff. Whatever you get famous for. That has to go on your gravestone. Uh, stole 20 <laughs> chicken nuggets. Stole that's, chicken nuggets and threw them at the manager. That's a Here great lies idea. Doug. Doug. <laughs> Doug stole 20 McChicken nuggets. You can put a QR code for his TikTok on his headstone. Uh, that w- that's a great idea. Because there's a lot of people Make you think about it. do dumb, dumbass shit and be like, is that what you want to be remembered for? Yeah. And it's like, you sit there and you go, if my kid did that, I would be Furious. Be like, are you Oh yeah. Serious? You can say it. It's your podcast. You dumb shit. <laughs> Why did you steal nuggets from McDonald's? Stealing chicken nuggets. Like that's chicken what you want to get in trouble for. Then also, like, think about it too. Like, they have to throw everything away around it. Not just what they know he touched, right. but what he could have potentially touched yep. because of contamination and getting other people sick. So then now everybody else in line has to wait even longer. Yeah, he didn't think about that. He's just thinking no. about what I want. Exactly. Yep. And that shit just drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. And, and it's just, it's getting out of hand. It's getting worse. It seems like once a month, there's some story like this that where people are abusing the restaurant workers in some fashion or some industry. Or nurses. Right. I mean, it's amazing. It's and, uh, but, teachers. But, hey, 
there's somebody recording it, so they're going to be famous. It's it's a, it drives me batshit crazy. It's like, come on, people. But here's the problem: what are the consequences? Right. Essentially, nothing. Right. And you know what? That that ties back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier in in the in the pod about businesses. People will take advantage of the stuff at their work because. There aren't any consequences. You know, it might be little stuff like, oh, I'm going to put that on the company credit card that it really wasn't a business dinner right. or whatever. But they assume no one's going to check. No. So I'll, I'll get away with it. But then even when you get caught, what happens? Are you fired for it? Generally, no. Especially if you're at a certain level, right? Let's say you're one of the skilled salespeople at the company. <laughs> yeah. You know you can get away with murder. They're not going to get rid of you. There's... There's been a lot of things where I, I've witnessed. And, and as a result, that without the consequences, what, what's, what's stopping the next person from doing no, it? No, nothing. It's, it cracks me up. We call, we call things, uh, you hear, cancel culture. Cancel culture is consequence culture. That's what it really, it's just consequences. That's just what you, your parents probably told you growing up. You know, well, oh, I'll, I, I got canceled because I sent a bunch of racist things. They didn't get canceled. It just turns out nobody wanted to listen to you anymore. That's yeah. a consequence. It's not, it's not you're being canceled. It's just this is cause and effect. And yeah. guess what? In a, in, a, in a country where we run things as a capitalistic country, if people don't want to buy your stuff, then they don't buy your stuff. Yeah. And you don't get to decide whether it's fair they don't want to buy your stuff or not. They just don't buy it. That's how it works. Uh, Sean, you know what? I like talking to you. I was really, you know, not thinking this was going to be fun. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you have little faith. I was driving down here in the snow, and I'm like, really? I got to talk to Drotar. Sean Drotar? Yuck. <laughs> you didn't even do any voices or anything. Well, you did a couple, oh, I guess. You did a couple. Did I? Yeah, you did a couple. You did the, the, the alien murdering hillbilly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did that one. That um, was fun. Yeah, there were, there were a couple. <laughs> I do. I try to bring on con. I don't want to force the voices. Right. Like sometimes, like people are like, you need to do a whole segment of, you know, Sean Connery. I was like, you realize Sean Connery voice, Connery to Huff, is like a ten second bit, and once you go past that, it's not funny anymore. It's just more like, eh, okay, I'm done. Right. Timing's everything in comedy. Right, and you can't. Kill it if if I try to go. That's right. I banged your mother last night, and then anyway, how about them Denver Broncos? You know, and it's like that. Then it's not funny. You got to do short, to the point, and like cowboy to huff, like right. same thing. Really, it maybe a little longer with him, but maybe like fifteen seconds. But eventually, it's just like I am all balls and these chains. You know, that's where it, that's where it peaks. And then you got to stop. I remember our old boss, Tim Spence, he used to like something would be funny. And he's like, okay, let's do the next sec, the entire next segment that. And you're like, dude, Tim, we can't do that. That's just too much. Because there was an old bit that Hastings and I, and Alfred actually, Alfred Williams, Scott Hastings and I, we would do a thing where I pretended to be in a helicopter and I'd be over <laughs> the Denver Metro. So I had a sound effect of like, and I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm up here uh, in the Copter 950. Because back then it was uh, AM 950, the fan. They're like, uh, you know, I got a bunch of morons on the road. Oh, my God, they're shooting at me. You know, stupid stuff like that. And he's like, let's do the next 
like segment, like all with Copter nine fifty. Like, dude, Tim, you're killing the joke. Yeah, it's not a ten minute bit. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta save it. Right, but he would come Can't in strangle and, the golden goose. No, and and it's what's funny is my kids. I, I'm teaching them about comedy as much as I can because I'll be like, okay, just a little bit. Don't kill the joke, Jackson. Because <laughs> yep. he'll kill the joke. Yep. It'll shove its face into the ground. And you're like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Never be that kid. That's, Get it? Get it? You know what I mean? Let me say it again five more times. Yeah. <laughs> like like like, uh, like Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is I guess he it works that? for him. Yeah. Well, does it? <laughs> He's kind of in a position where he has a built-in audience, no matter what. And I don't know if he can do much wrong other than. Just keep doing your generic stuff. Right. Walk the line. Don't be one side or the other. Just be gentle, and then you'll be fine. Right? Like, he doesn't say anything controversial. No, not on that show. That's the Tonight Show, yeah. Doesn't say anything that's going to offend anybody, and then you're yeah. good. That had, that's basically just the um, the oatmeal of television, and maybe on a certain day you can put raisins in it or something. You know who I used to love? Conan. Oh, Conan, yeah, Conan. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Yes. Oh my god, he's and, and and the segment he had a couple years ago with his buddy doing video games was hilarious. Oh yes. Oh my so god, so great. He is. People forget it, the best Simpsons episodes you've ever watched are almost written exclusively by written by Conan O'Brien. A brilliant writer, just a brilliant comedian. Like I grew up, I remember when he first came on the scene, and I would be able to watch him once a week. I want to say on Fridays because I wasn't allowed to stay up late and watch TV except for on the weekends. And I remember watching. I'm like, he's so funny. So funny. Hilarious. Brilliant he's, comedian. He's giant. I And pale. Well, he's, he's <laughs> Irish. I get that. But it's, it's, <laughs> I understand that. He's part. a good dude. I, I, if I could ever meet one big celebrity, I think it would be him. And, and be able to have an opportunity to just sit down with him and just shoot the shit. I think it would be him because he's just so fascinating. He's a very intelligent person, and I, I just think I would learn a lot. I've I've listened to a lot of his episodes, and you're like, wow, he's just a smart. You, you dude. bring up don't you know don't kill the bit. If you do want to do your research on YouTube, go look up Conan O'Brien and Paul Rudd segments. Oh, I bet that's funny. Oh, he does. Paul Rudd always shows the Paul same. Paul Rudd Mac shows and the me, same Mac and Me clip, which is funny. I always and every single time Conan thinks that in this time it's 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 Lucy pulling the football. He's convinced this time it's going to be from his new movie. It's never from this movie, and he just gets so mad. And it's right. Hilarious. It's awesome it, because Mac and Me was such a terrible it's movie. It's so bad. It was like a total cheap ripoff of ET. E. Yeah, and it's and it's instead of eating. What did he like? I don't even know. Reese's Pieces. It's got terrible blue screen. And, and yeah. The, and the, the senior shows has this kid in a wheelchair yeah. falling off a cliff, and it's like the most obvious model you've ever <laughs> seen just dropped into a miniature lake. You know, the, the whole thing's like done on, a, done on a card table. Oh, my gosh. My brother it's and great. I. That's worth Googling. My brother and I used to watch that movie, or we watched it a couple times. I've never seen it. I've only it's, seen the Paul Rudd clip. It's terrible, <laughs> but there's a poor, like, his thing is, like, he puts his thumbs together Almost making like a, a like a mini football field goal. Post. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I want to say I want to say he whistles or something like that. And we used to do <laughs> walk around doing that. It's so dumb. But Google D Mac and Mac and me. They're the same person. There you go. <laughs> 
Darren, Darren McKee and Mac and me, same person, same person. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So that's how I ended it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sean. I'm sorry. I stepped out for a minute. What? Uh, what happened? <laughs> All right. There you go. Sean Drotar. Sean, where can people find you? Uh, it's easiest on Twitter. That's S D R O T A R. The traditional spelling of Drotar, if you will. Okay. Yeah. I, I, know. <laughs> I get it. Not very many. No. If, if you live up in like North Glen, you might have heard of it before. That's about it. I'm in that area. There you go. Is there is there a wide I think group of Drotars? I, up well, there? I mean, it's like a herd of them. Yeah, it's a herd. <laughs> they it's small. It's around. a small herd, but it's a yeah, it's a herd. They wander in packs. We usually poke looks like them with the uh, the Jets from West Side Story <laughs> and the mean streets of North Glen at night. The, well, the Drotars actually, come out. Actually, North Glen, it's pretty rough now. <laughs> it's. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate you. If you haven't done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Big thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado, also Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and, of course, as always, Blake Street Tavern. It's the Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. Hopefully you laughed in this episode. Hopefully you did. Making fun of Sean is always a good time. Oh, wait, I didn't make fun of you that much. We learned about panspermia. If you walk away from this episode with one thing in your pocket. Panspermia. There you go. Thank you so much, Sean Jotar. All right, it's the Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.